Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by James Dowse. Hey, hello. Hey, and Josh Brown. Good afternoon, boys. Thank you. Good 2023, Josh Brown and James Dowse, because it's the, it's the year of the things. It's the year when every single video game on Earth is releasing. Yes. You can go check out the wind-up that me and Josh did on Monday, where we went over every single thing that's coming out this year, including all the to-be-available games that will be slotted in across all the remaining months of the year. There's about an hour and a half of stuff in there really? to get stuck into. We went, we went over everything. Um, and we thought it was a nice companion piece to that. We should do some predictions for the industry itself. Some are game specific, some are company specific, whatever. We can just, just a blank, blank canvas, empty space um, for whatever we're going to get into. So uh, we've each got about five ish each, um, sometimes a little bit more, and we'll see how things go. But my opening salvo is the idea of Game Pass on PlayStation. I think that's the oh. only way that the Xbox acquisition um, is remotely smoothed over. I know that. Um, Phil Spencer already said that they've offered that to Sony and Jim Ryan and the boys were like, I didn't want that at all. Get it away from me. I don't want it. But I think ultimately, I didn't want it back. Get angry about the second. He was Alan Shearer. He couldn't get enough. Just, just let us take a penalty, man. And, uh, I think that ultimately, on a long enough time frame, the only way that they reach any, reach any middle ground is, is letting the Game Pass app go on PlayStation, where Xbox say, we will um, still let you have the likes of the Fallout, the Call of Duties, the whatever else we've bought up, um, but we will give you it as an app on the system, which I also think will happen on Switch, um, but I'm just focusing on PlayStation because they've, they went back and forth all of last year. But who does financially benefit from that? Entirely Xbox. Well, they will cut so some sort of deal. Why would PlayStation be inclined to do that? Well, they can keep fighting. I just don't think. I don't think on a long enough timeline that the the league. I don't think they have a right. good case, basically, um, because their whole thing about if this goes through, they'll monopolize the entire industry. When they themselves are constantly signing exclusivity deals yeah. left, right, and center, they've locked down Final Fantasy at this stage, um, the Silent Hill remakes, and everything else. So I just feel like uh, as we go forward and as the arguments go go back and forward, um, that it, for my prediction, that's how it'll sell because I think that's the end game anyway um, and even we were talking about this before we were recording that even some newer Samsung TVs have Xbox apps on mm-hmm. that you can Bluetooth a controller to the TV with yep. and then stream that way which we know that the whole next phase of Xbox is to make TV apps anyway yep. so I think they're just moving into apps and clouds and all that kind of stuff and we won't even really think of Xbox consoles that much anymore I don't think they'll do it but I do think Xbox what do you mean will what? offering it because uh, I don't see PlayStation being like yeah not mm, right yeah. now I think mm-hmm. they might do 
They won't want it. No, they won't won't want it, but I don't even think they would concede Mm. it at this point. At this moment in time, even if the acquisition comes through, Sony is the market leader. PlayStation is the market leader. I Mm. think in their eyes, they would view it as a weakness to get Game Pass on. It it would maybe appear a little bit desperate Mm. after they have just launched the PlayStation Plus service and they are, you know, throwing a lot of money into that. I think it would be almost, you know, it, 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 um, an admission of defeat yeah. if they get Game Pass on right now. I don't think it's out of the question in the long term, mm. but over the next few years, over this console generation, I don't think we'll see it. I will f- um, follow this up very quickly by saying another random prediction that I think Sony will trim their offerings when it comes to PlayStation Plus. There was that whole interview, I think it was written, sorry, interview, there was that whole um, leaked report, I think inside a gaming put it up, Tom Henderson. Um, someone sat in some Sony meeting about the future of PlayStation Plus, about Game Pass, and there was a line in there about how they don't consider Game Pass competition for PlayStation. Um, and it feels that way. It doesn't feel like they're going out their way to give you incredible monthly offerings or whatever. It feels like Game Pass still dominates that conversation. Um, and I just feel like, I mean, like sort of the PlayStation Stars stuff, all this weird experimental stuff that they were doing, I feel like that very top tier, the classic game tier, will just go away. And you'll get, you'll still get PlayStation Plus, but I just feel like overall they'll trim stuff down and they won't worry about the monthly model anymore. Oh, man, that is, that would be bold. That would be really <laughs> bang, bold. Bang, bang. Obviously, PlayStation Plus isn't a absolute priority for mm. Sony. Their revenue comes from other models, and it almost seems like that PlayStation Plus service was something that they felt obliged to exactly, have and, yeah. uh, you know, bump it up from PlayStation now. However, my reasoning as to why I don't think they'll get Game Pass on their machines anytime soon mm. is because their whole argument for this takeover is that, you know, Call of Duty might go to Xbox, yes. and that would be a nightmare. But in its current form, the deal would make Call of Duty still a multi-platform game, though Xbox might put it on Game Pass and incentivize people to buy an Xbox machine or a PC so they can get those games free on the service. Mm-hmm. If PlayStation has that service on their own platform, why would anyone buy a PlayStation copy of Call of Duty? They mm. at least have a fighting chance if that's not on the service mm. because not everyone owns both machines. Some people might just want to stick with PlayStation and then, you know, find themselves having to pay for it so they can play it on PlayStation. If Game True. Pass is on there, I think everyone just subscribes to Game Pass and plays the Call of Duty on that service rather than buying it. I oh, think I think that's what they would want. Yeah. But people will buy more PlayStations, though, because why would you ever need an Xbox? That's a good so point, PlayStation James. win on the console space. That's that weird thing. It's like the end of, like, Ghost in the Shell, where Xbox just becomes an entity that you can access everywhere, yeah. but it, they don't even really need the systems anymore. There's always that, There's still that weird thing about if you develop something for Series X, there has to be an S version of it, which feels like they're just kind of cutting off all their potential anyway because they're still developing something for a previous yeah. system. But yeah, I think overall their play is to just be this ubiquitous yeah. access app everywhere from iPads to computers to TVs and everything else. I wonder if it would work in the same way as it does for iOS currently for Xbox mm. Game Pass because it's not allowed on the actual app store. You've got mm. to go via a browser to right, get okay. to the uh, X Cloud kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if it would be the same as that, only streaming I just, I feel like Yeah, I feel like they're sort of going like Game Pass is like Apple Arcade. It's like you can get it everywhere kind yeah. of thing. Or you can get it on most supported devices. Um, that's my first one. Mr. Can Josh, I, oh, go on. Sorry, can I just add, on. add an addendum to you that? Because this isn't one of my predictions, but okay. I I will make a wild, like, left-field prediction. It's the month for it. It certainly is. Jumping off what you just said, um, as my final thing in it, I would argue and I would predict that Call of Duty itself actually goes free-to-play across all platforms rather than Game Pass 
coming to PlayStation. I think they go all in on monetization, follow the Warzone model, make the multiplayer suite itself as a whole free-to-play across the board and focus purely on in-game purchases because even now this year, they're not making a full-on Call of Duty game. The Mm. argument is that they're going to make an expansion for Modern Warfare 2 that is mostly single-player based but might have some maps and stuff as well. And it's like, at this point, Warzone does so well. You know that yes, you'll lose unit costs, but unit costs. But if Microsoft and Sony are already fighting over that space anyway, maybe Microsoft just goes, "Look, it's free to play now. You can play wherever you want. <laughs> yeah. We're focusing on in-game purchases." I, I guess know. that would be their argument because it would still be like your access point would still be Game Pass potentially because it's yeah. still yeah. they'd have to choose where it's actually going to be listed or whatever. It's under the assumption that they that all this stuff goes yeah. through, but it's but so country by country at the minute. Like actually okay with it. That's kind of like the Epic method where they've currently got Rocket League, Fall Guys, and Fortnite all free mm. on all platforms. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah, that could be a potential. I think it's interesting. I think that whole thing about like how much do uh, games companies care about unit costs? Like that was the thing that for the longest time was against the free to play model. But there are ways to monetize things over time that feel respectful and like they're still few and far between but it is doable Fortnite being one of the best examples of it so you can get it on a Playstation but all of the monetization come goes straight to Xbox yeah and obviously Playstation will get a cut they'll get the game yeah. Yeah. In for, on Microsoft's part it would be less of a cut than a unit sale you know what I mean yeah. so Microsoft would get still a lot of the microtransactions and Sony's getting like a pittance you know what yeah. I mean they'll still make money off it it's still but, on their platform as well yeah, 100% so, and uh, it's still on their platform yeah. and they're still getting players on their machines and they're not yeah. burning customers who feel like they need to go to the competition. That's the thing, like, how much will it just be in the background? Like, yeah. it, like only people like us would really notice that m- many things have changed, unless when you boot up, um, you know, a Call of Duty or a Fallout or whatever, you get an Xbox Game Studios logo, or you get a, some sort of reminder that this belongs to um, Xbox slash Microsoft or whatever. Um, that was my first one. Mr. Josh Brown, can you relay me? My first one first is... One? And I apologize for this. Actually, no, I'm, I'm going to save the negative one for a second because I don't want to lead with it. My first one is another standard-ish thing that I've been saying and we've maybe been talking about for the past year. And I think there's only going to be one major acquisition in 2023 from one of the big three publishers. There might mm-hmm. be other ones like Embrace a Group or Tencent or whatever. But I don't think Microsoft is buying anyone because I think they're going to be wrapped up in the Activision yeah. deal for the entire year. And all those Starfield patches. In all of those Starfield patches. <laughs> That'll take them out until the end of 2023. And I think the only acquisition we're going to get is Sony finally buying Square Enix at some point. <laughs> yeah. Because Square Enix is in a very strange position. And like yeah. you said, Scott Tailford, um, deals are already in place for the likes of Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy XVI to be exclusive to PlayStation platforms. Square Enix has already sold off their Western developers. Mm. And I do think they're just they would sell to Sony and Sony makes a natural um, make, makes more sense because they are natural partners and have been partners for a long time now and I feel like this year is the year where in order to combat what Microsoft is doing Sony just goes you know what we've been giving you all this money for years should we just buy you out right yeah <laughs> well they've got they have such a weird thing in place with the Final Fantasy stuff because they've never said Final Fantasy 7 Remake isn't coming to Xbox they've said it is and they just haven't given any updates on it I actually just googled right there Crisis Core Reunion the remake of Crisis Core is on Xbox but mm. you don't have Final Fantasy 7 Remake to get the wider context of what that plugs into, <laughs> even though Crisis Core ends with a clip that ties into the remake. That's just the weirdest thing as a random side thing. But also, like you said, Square Enix are in this weird position right now. The likes of Babylon's Fall being an absolute abomination, random experiments like The Quiet Man. Yeah. It's just like, what are you guys doing? And like, figure it out. I mean, think of Square Enix's biggest releases this year. You know, whether or not they're going to be good is entirely, you know, different to this argument. It's We've got Forspoken on the 24th of January. Yep. That's a PlayStation exclusive. Mm. We've got Final Fantasy 16. 
that's a PlayStation exclusive. We've got mm. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth coming. That's a PlayStation exclusive. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, it's already there. Yeah. And I don't know why Sony doesn't just formalize it and, you know, buy them outright and then hopefully make the games even better because then they will also inherit the developers and they will inherit those smaller IPs and those smaller titles that are doing arguably better or at least, you know, acting as some of the only games that are keeping Square Enix's reputation kind of together and not... In, in allowing them to not become a total Konami. I've completely forgotten about the Square Enix thing with the Western Studios. Did they, they did sell them in the end, didn't they? Yeah. They are now owned the likes of Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics. No, sorry. The, the likes of Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal. I think it's Embracer Group. Embracer, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Square Enix don't have them anymore. No. I don't know if Sony would want to not have, like, Tomb Raider. Right. Here's the thing. I don't think it'll be as much of an issue for Sony because Tomb Raider, while it's a very valuable IP, it's it's a game that has not like, carried the same cultural it's best days are behind it, man. Yeah. for the past decade. And while it have been great games, they were fine to like let Rise of the Tomb Raider yeah. go to Xbox. They didn't seem that kind of concerned, and no, I do no. think they are more interested in the Japanese IP because obviously that attracts the entire Japanese audience. You know, you get the likes of Final Fantasy lockdown. Yeah. Mm. I think in the modern Dragon climate, Christ. in and Dragon Warrior, yeah, in Kingdom yeah. Hearts, all of those games, I would argue every game that we just reeled off there kind of right now has more of a standing than Tomb Raider yeah. has. And yes, you could build Tomb Raider back up, but what use is Tomb Raider even going to be to Sony in terms of their yeah. Western appeal when you've already got Uncharted, Such, you've already yeah. got all these other first-party studios doing that stuff better? Yeah. There is... The, yeah. That's interesting. Tomb Raider, especially the reboot 2013 onwards, is almost the default PlayStation character now. Like, it's a bow character who's got, like, really good traversal <laughs> and, and spends the time talking to themselves quite a lot. Like, there's a way that that would fit in alongside the um, Atreuses and Aloys and yeah. guys and everyone else. Like, there is maybe a way to... There maybe would have been a way to do that, but obviously that ship's kind of sailed us. The main reason is because I want on PS Classics to be able to play the original trilogy. Mm. Yes! That's what I want this. If you're true, if you're right, and Square Enix is bought, but obviously, as you just said then, they don't have the IP of Tomb Raider if yeah. they did buy it. Would they? What? No, 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 they no. wouldn't. No, no, so, no. Let's buy Embracer Group. Here's <laughs> the thing, though. It's more like Embracer buy Sony at this thing. Because you could just buy out Square Enix, get all of those franchises, mm -hmm. and then it could a deal with Embracer Group anyway to get <laughs> yeah. placed the air to get to those Tomb Raider games on yeah. PlayStation Plus. You know, the thing is, you don't need to buy everyone. No, the thing is though, like if I feel like if Sony did a better job of managing all the uh, the classics on the PlayStation Plus service, the top tier stuff, then the proof in the pudding for you know the likes of getting the Tomb Raider classic trilogy on there. Um, that could, they could have already done that with something like the Tekken trilogy or the Tekken collection or whatever before the announcement of Tekken 8. Um, they could do that with the Tomb Raider games for Here, the next Tomb Raider that's Here's what out. I found out. On the PS3, you can still buy those games. Ooh. The original Tomb Raider oh, games. Of course, yeah. yeah. I had to go on, on the PlayStation Vita store. Um, yeah. You could still buy old PS1 games on yeah. there because um, old PS1 games largely run on Vita. So um, the original Resident Evil 2, the PS1 one, um, you have to buy that through the browser version of the PlayStation Vita store and then you can go on your Vita and actually get it on the console. But surely if they're still be being sold oh. on the PS3 store, they Sony still have a deal cut. Yes, so why, something will be in place. So why isn't it on the PS5? I don't, I, oh, I don't know. One of life's greatest mysteries. <laughs> yeah. There's so much more that they could do with that whole service, but I'm not going to rant about that. My <laughs> one of my initial predictions was that they give up on that thing entirely, which I guess <laughs> I'll fold into everything else. Um, James, ask your first prediction, please. Although I did write yours down. It was that The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom is multiplayer. Oh, 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 oh. oh. he's a good one, isn't it? Scott? Yes. 
Uh, the only reason I say that is because uh, there was rumours originally when the first trailer came out in 2018 sure. uh, because it showed Zelda with Link and everyone was like, oh, they're together. Maybe one could play one, one could play the other. Uh-huh. I would love exploring Hyrule with somebody. The only thing I have against that idea, though, is Nintendo can't do online play. Ah, okay. <laughs> Their networks is awful, so that wouldn't work. But I would love to see that. God, it must be nice having mates. Like, imagine yeah, 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 for co-op. Like, no possible. The Division? Who? Army of Two? Well, no. this is the thing, right? We're, we're, we're getting old. We're getting old <laughs> men at this point, right? Hi. It's so hard to coordinate even one other person I find these yeah. days True. to sit down on your schedule and play a single ge- player game, especially with you. That, yeah. in my circle of friends is virtually impossible. <laughs> I barely see them for a pint, never mind <laughs> trying to figure out after work to place 20 hours of Zelda, you know what I mean? Even Which if I, I do, do dive on something, I'm sat there with a little headset on while my wife's just sat there as well and I'm just like, I feel so stupid. I, just, I, can't, <laughs> I can't just be talking to the, get the, get the bar, get the capture the flag. Like, no, it just doesn't feel good anymore. Oh, I don't playing, like it. Playing Warzone is, 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 is hell <laughs> when my girlfriend sat there and I'm, 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 I'm yelling, I'm, I'm shouting orders yeah, right. and then she's like, like you would never I'm trying Do to read well this book in Josh. the military, my friend. Like you are, you, your communication is not good, as people can probably tell from this podcast. And you would get people killed in real life. And I'm like, I got people killed. I got my friends killed right now. <laughs> That's why I'm in real life. I already feel the guilt of that. Anyway, sorry, I've gone off the tangent. No, it's there. fine. I think when it comes to Zelda stuff, um, I personally wouldn't want a co-op anything at this stage. That's why I'm not bothered about Redfall or whatever. Just because I know I don't, I won't have the squad to put the time in right. to do it properly. Unless it's couch co-op, and then me and my wife can play it together. When it comes to Zelda stuff, that's an interesting theory because. Um, like obviously like Zelda is sort of rediscovering herself across Breath of the Wild she's a way stronger character towards the end of it and this is a direct sequel so maybe, maybe. I remember that original trailer they are go- both going in underneath the castle at yes. Kingdom thing together but I don't so want her maybe. to be captured or whatever again. No, I yeah. want her to yeah. be the heroine I want her to be with the game it's, I just wanted to be playable. Well, I mean, like, oh, sorry, go on. So I was going to ask, you know, I, I love the idea of, you know, like Zelda being mm. a playable character. That is Same really yeah. cool. If if you were making this game, James Dow Switch, oh, one day you will make a Zelda yes. game. Um, would you have the co-op be an integral part, as in that even <coughs> if you weren't playing with someone, you could swap between the two characters at all times? Right. Or would it be a drop-in kind of gimmick where you just play as Link and then someone can drop in as Zelda to help you out yeah. uh, and do it that way? It would be like the... Halo mm. Infinite did it like that, where you could just drop in and play along and then drop yeah. out kind of thing. Maybe. I just want to run around with somebody. Actually, <laughs> see, I, I don't want the co-op thing, but I do want them both being playable. But I would want Zelda to be more chic-like. Like, I would yeah. want I would want the, the whole, like, Josh, you know, the whole chic thing. I don't know what that, I in, thought you would meant, like, uh, the freak. Like, yeah, chic, yeah, like, yeah, 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 that's what I was chic. thinking, yeah. <laughs> no, there's a character called Chic. This is a spoil of Ocarina of Time, okay. which, uh, which I know you were going to get to, but it's, yeah. it's hard. Um, there's a character called Sheik who's like a mysterious sort of ninja person in that game and they reveal about halfway through that game it's that like it's a actually... as well isn't it yes. who, like looks after her yeah it's like her bodyguard or something like Zelda's bodyguard they reveal that actually Sheik is Zelda oh. and she's got all these powers and she's got abilities and everything so I wonder if they ever did make Zelda playable because we only really played as her in the Smash Brothers games I think like real Zelda there's Sheik in there as well but Zelda has like magic powers she, and everything Sheik isn't necessarily Zelda because in Ocarina of Time Sheik is riding a horse with Zelda on the back of it yeah. Sheik is a... They do reveal it later. Sh- no, <laughs> Sheik is... Is Sheik not a group of people who are Sheikers? I thought that's what they did in... That they've, well, okay, so they've teased that at Breath of the Wild because you get all the Sheikah slate stuff. Yeah. And then it's like that that order is like protecting her. I thought in Ocarina, Sheik was no, Zelda. No, she rides a horse with Sheik. No, I, I, know, I know that, but like... Let me so just... she can't be riding a horse with herself, can she? 
Don't worry, guys. I've got the answer Go via on. Wikipedia. Yep. Sheik, currently called Nile Rogers and Sheik, is an American <laughs> band that was formed in 1972 by guitarist Nile Rogers and bassist Bernard Edwards. So there, I think that solves the also, entire mythology. From the Super Mario wiki, Sheik is the alter ego of Princess Zelda, that featured in The Legend of Zelda Ocarina right of Time. Right now, whilst I carry yeah. on typing the Ocarina of uh, Time when Zelda and Sheik's on a horse. No, I, I know what scene you mean. They do yeah, ride so out together. So how can Sheik be on a horse Because they thought Zelda. of it later when they're developing it. Oh, <laughs> later on, Miyamoto just went, nah, merge. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if that was the same character? And literally for like, what, 25 years? Someone like me was like, that's a really good I'm twist. I'm fairly certain Zelda later learns how to be a Sheikah. You're right that there are, you get the Sheikah slate in Breath of the Wild, which yeah. is, I was gonna, yeah, because they do bring that order back or they mention it because you talk to that older woman as well who was in, you know, in the past and she's all old. Oh yes, Mrs. Figs. Mrs. I don't, I don't you know. talk to her and she gives you that she's got advice and there's the same symbol that Sheik had. Yeah. Either way, they could bring Zelda back in Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, maybe and so. And let you play as a, a Sheikah warrior. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just go on to the next entry. I don't think any of that was right. I think we're, I think we're bang on. Um, in terms of the next uh, prediction, I had The Last of Us getting confirmed. Uh, Last of Us Three getting confirmed at the Game Awards, um, and or a new Naughty Dog IP. I feel like it's beyond time for the new Naughty Dog yeah. IP. It's been 15 years, 16 years since 2007 with Uncharted. Yeah, man. Like, What am I talking about? My brain's Last wrong. Of us. The Last of Us Last in 2013. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't class The Last of Us as new IP for a second. <laughs> 10 years since the last one. It's, it's been a long time since I've smiled for the Naughty Dog IP. <laughs> You're still That's thinking about Ocarina of Time. That's Might be, yeah. It is. Joel and Ellie were on a horse saying <laughs> Sheikah and Zelda. Yeah. I do think this is the year of The Last of Us. You know, I don't yeah, think that's It really secret. is. Naughty yeah. Dog are hyping that up as well. We've got the TV show, which uh, the reviews for that just came out this morning mm -hmm. at the time of yeah. recording really well. They've put a lot of money into that. We've got the Factions multiplayer mm. game on the horizon, you know, and we've got a potential Last of Us Part 3. You know, Neil Druckmann has been talking about in the interviews for the show about there's more story to tell. We know that an outline was written a little a few years ago at this point. However, do they drop Factions and The Last of Us 3's announcement so close together, or mm. do we have a break, like you said, with a new IP? I honestly don't know. I would like it either way. If, if The Last of Us Part 3 is announced this year, I personally would love it. Okay. If it's not... I wouldn't mind too much because I know we will definitely get it eventually because they are all in on this franchise. I feel like we were talking about it before recording. I feel like they need to end on a high or at least end in a different spot. Like I feel like The Last of Us will make for a phenomenal trilogy by the time you get to the end of the next installment. But where we're at now, it's on like a downswing in terms of where yeah. the story is. Mm -hmm. So you could do something else about the resolution of what happens with Ellie and Dina or whatever. So there what is I, more. Do you know what I actually think will dictate this? And I'm, this, is, I, this might sound conspiratorial, but I do think the show now will dictate right. yeah that The Last of Us 3 comes sooner rather than later because they're already talking about, you know, adapting the second game for the second season of the show. Oh, okay. And that might be not for a few years' time, but Neil Druckmann was also saying, and Craig Mazin, who's the showrunner and creator as well, mm -hmm. were talking about how they're not going to run into a Game of Thrones-style situation where they run out they're of material. Right, yeah. mm -hmm. And if Neil's already thinking about a new game, my thinking is, why not prioritize that now, it's then true. move on to the new IP, maybe finish the trilogy, make sure the show has enough material to get to a season three in maybe four years' time or whatever, and then kind of fully close off that book. You've got factions mm -hmm. out, and then move on to the next IP. I don't know. What, I'm not saying that's going to be a good idea, but I, I, I do <laughs> think one will influence the other. Do you not think that Last of Us Part Two would not be like two seasons because it's quite a long game? So let's say season two and season three is Last of Us Part uh, Two, and then season four is Last of Us Part Three, the same time as the release of the game. What I would say with that, I think it's a really good idea that the Last of Us Part Two uh, could be split up into more yeah. than one season, even if it's two seasons. Like I don't think you could make in the modern climate 
a triple A game in, in UIP especially mm. and then also yeah. make The Last of Us Part 3 which is going to no. take four yeah. or five years in and yeah, of itself. You if know? they need more breathing room on the game side you could do multiple seasons of Last of Us Part 2 the game and I would love a whole season of just Abby's story and you, you're waiting for the class you're waiting for the connective point or whatever yep. and at the end of the season you reveal that she's overlooking Jackson or something like that um, there'd be ways to do it I'll throw in here Dows your second <laughs> prediction was Last of Us Factions arriving on PC yeah I don't see why that wouldn't happen because Last of Us is starting to go onto PC in March I want sure. to say it is and then I'm assuming that Last of Us Part 2 will also come out this year on PC. Yeah, probably. Uh, so they may as well do factions on PC, PS5, and PC uh, co-launch, and then it'll be a massive player base. It is crazy just knowing that The Last of Us is a big franchise. I think that's just the weirdest thing. Because <laughs> I finished one in 2013, and I was like, I don't want any more from that. Like, in the best way possible. Right. That's such a confident endpoint. But now it's like a whole universe of stuff. I'm with you, The man. factions multiplayer and everything. Yeah, in my naive brain, I thought there's <laughs> no way we're getting a Last of Us part two like the first one was perfect they were kind of talking about whether or not they even needed it yeah. like I always thought it would be expanded upon in comics and maybe an adaptation I know the movie was mm. talked about at the time but yeah now to just know that yeah it's just here to stay we've got a multiplayer <laughs> yeah. game now we've got The Last of Us part two we've got The Last, Last of Us part three definitely coming at some point we've got this adaptation we've got all of this stuff going on it's how, one of Sony's biggest franchises how that's the thing right how much is the impetus behind stretching it out just because Sony want a first party Walking Dead contender how much of it is just, what What even premier zombie IP do we even have? Is there a market there that you can just absolutely capitalize on? Because right now, all the reviews of the HBO show are directly being compared to The Walking Dead. Yes. And it's just saying that it absolutely obliterates The Walking Dead. And people who really like zombie fiction are assumedly looking forward to The Last of Us. I don't think, and this is just entirely my assumption mm. and my reading of what I know about, like, you know, Neil Druckmann's attachment to this universe. Yeah. I think that even without Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann, The Last of Us would continue, but I don't think it would continue in the form of The Last of Us Part 3. That world now is so expansive mm. and so well-drawn that you could hand it off to another team and say, give us The Last of Us, let us continue this IP, mm -hmm. but it's a spin-off. It's other characters, and it would still sell pretty well, would yeah. sell as well as the main series, but you could keep it alive in that way. To me, the fact that we keep hearing about a part three indicates to me personally that there is still investment from the creators. There's still yeah. passion there to continue the True. story rather than it just being a box to tick because you could tick that box mm. at this point, in my opinion, mm -hmm. in a multiple yeah. other ways, including the factions game. Yeah, there's a, um, there's a really good interview with Neil Druckmann talking to Gene Park from the Washington Post as well. I'm just talking about like, you know, they do what they do to make enough money to do something else again, to do it again, to have another go um, in terms of like prioritizing creativity over business and everything else. And just saying like, if it was, if money dictated everything, they'd be on Crash Bandicoot 17 by now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so it, that's kind of an interesting thing. But for me with Naughty Dog, I just want to, I do kind of want to see what else they do next. Like they had such a fascinating arc from Crash to Jack to Uncharted to Last of Us. I want to know what's next for that thing. And it's not that I don't want more Last of Us, although I kind of don't want more Last of Us, but it'll be done well enough that I'll be like, oh, it's cool. I'm glad it exists and everything. But at the same time, that team having matured so much and learned so many coding lessons and everything else, like just looking at the raw things they've pulled off, like in Uncharted 3, the water physics and everything, it's like, what have they got in the tank that is only on PS5 or yeah. taking full advantage of that hardware? Um, oh, do you think... Oh, go on. Oh, oh no, I was just going to say, I just forgot that um, we haven't had a PlayStation 5, like, Last of Us sequel. We've obviously had the remake. No, we've not had uh, Naughty Dog let loose with that hardware uh, at all. I want to see Naughty Dog let loose generally. Yes. But I also want to see Naughty Dog let loose with The Last of Us on PS5. That sounds that does sound good to me. <sighs> I don't I don't want that because that's too restrictive to me. I, want, right. I just want to know, like, if you sit Neil Druckmann down, maybe you get Bruce Strady back off his uh, sabbatical thing, and you sit down that team and say, okay, blank canvas, what do you guys want to do? and just see what comes out of those conversations. Is Factions coming out on PS4 as well? 
I don't know. Don't know I, myself to be honest. I don't was, that not meant to come out? was that not meant to come out with Last of Us Part Two though? Well, I think the idea was that it was originally a mod, and then the and then it got were, too big for it. Yeah, it got yeah. too big, and they were like, "Well, this can be a standalone thing. It's mm. probably going to be a live service." You know, we were talking yeah. before we started recording. And I think it's. I don't know if they've confirmed this either, but I think it's probably going to be free to play. You know, yeah, whenever it drops, because yeah. they're pushing for live service games. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if they have announced it. Mm-hmm. Now, so I don't know if it is PS5 exclusive or what. I'm sure they said that um, like Factions has lots of story components in it. Like there's like mini campaigns yeah. almost in it. So I wonder like where they're set in the timeline. Whether that's whether that kind of works as your bridge between two and three, if like time passes or something. But one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, but yeah, so like that was my one for the uh, the idea of uh, being announced at the Game Awards, whether it's a new Naughty Dog IP. All the Last of Us 3, uh, Josh Brown. My next, next prediction. prediction is, and this brings me no joy to say this, <laughs> and I don't want this to happen, Okay. But I do think that, unfortunately, all of the Silent Hill games that are coming out might be bad. <laughs> and I don't want them to be bad. <laughs> Why? I really don't want them to be bad. When we when we had the big unveiling you yeah. know, last year, where we got like those three announcements for the three Silent Hill games. Like I was I was on board. I thought they looked really cool. I uh-huh. like the idea of like going off into a bunch of different direction directions alongside a bunch of remakes. But the more I think about it, and the more I dissociate my hype from what I want out of this franchise. I just don't know if it's there, man. <laughs> like everything I see, and I like Bloober Team. This is the tragedy of it. I like <laughs> what Bloober Team has made so far. Uh-huh. But every single time I see an interview with them talking about Silent Hill 2, I think, oh no, <laughs> oh no. Because- I've not like mm. got the bad vibes yet. I was actually quite impressed by how much of an effort they put into the into the reveals. So that that yeah. big long live yeah, stream yeah. actually had a bit of production behind it. And they seemed to really just make a point of giving everybody everything that they wanted other than Silent Hill 2 being developed by a Bloober team. Um, I don't mind Bloober at all, but I get that a lot of people really didn't want them attached to the project. Um, I don't know. It depends how seriously Konami want to be a games entity again. Because, like, it depends, like, where it can fall down. Like, do they change the script too much? Like, do they... Because even though it was that reveal of uh, James Sunderland's face, yeah. and everyone was like, oh, even that looks a bit wrong. You've kind of changed the, color, the coloring and the lighting in that reveal and everything. 
But um, it depends. It's 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 weird because I do I do genuinely believe that Konami wants to do right by the franchise and try to get back <laughs> into uh, you know the gaming space in a yeah. in a more respected way than they've been for the past yes. decade. I just don't think that happens overnight. You know, I am all for redemption stories. I'm all for like these franchises <laughs> coming back and like coming back on a on a high. But I don't think you go from making Metal Gear Survive to making a nine out of ten Silent Hill game yeah. like that doesn't. Hey, I, they did eFootball 22 as well. <laughs> I don't oh, you yeah. go from eFootball. <laughs> Football 2022 to make it a 10 out of 10 Silent Hill game is what I mean. I'm, I, I, I've been hyperbolic. I'm, I'm clickbaiting you guys into <laughs> saying that they're going to be bad. I don't think they're all going to be terrible. I don't think they're all going to be bad, but I don't think they're going to be amazing. I think mm. they'll be like 7 out of 10s, and I will enjoy that, and that's way better than what we've had in the past. But, yeah, I just I think it's, it's going to be a starting stone for Konami, a stepping stone for Konami, but I don't think they get it. Knock it out the park three times yeah. straight away after so long being out the game. What mm. do you think will be the reason that it is seven out of ten? I just think, well, uh, to be fair, James, I think in the case of Silent Hill Two, it's because Bloober Team is the ultimate seven out of ten yeah. studio. Like, I don't <laughs> think they've made a game for my money more than that, and I've enjoyed a lot of their games. Yeah. I think with Silent Hill Two, ah, I, I, mean, I like the medium. I, I really did like the medium. I right. know it doesn't build on like that game, but I remember really loving it at the time. But like, yeah, what I like that. What do they have game. other than the medium? Like the Blair Witch game and Fears of Them. Yeah, Layers of Fears is their new one as well. Yeah. Um, that feeling of so many things being announced and oh my God, they're not going to, if one domino starts to fall, they're all going to fall is exactly what I feel about CDPR, uh, mm. CD Projekt Red. I just, I don't, they announced so much stuff uh, for The Witcher. There's a whole new Witcher trilogy. There's the remake of The Witcher 1. I think there was something else as well, but I think it was like a new and one-off new Witcher game. And I was just like, and then they were interviewed immediately about like, that's a lot of games, like one a year or something um, in, the, in the next few years. And I was like, that is a Herculean, superhuman, unbelievable task for the studio yeah. that barely pulls Cyberpunk together. Um, so I have that feeling about them too. Uh, Mr. James Dows, you have Spider-Man 2 being co-op. As oh yeah, <laughs> all, all my ideas are multiplayer related. <laughs> I just want friends. Bring the friends in. <laughs> no, I, uh, sorry, what was you gonna say there, Josh? You, I wasn't gonna say uh, anything. Just a big breath. Just a big breath. Just big thinking breath. about it. Think uh, again. No, I, much like Breath of the, uh, what's it called, Tears of the Kingdom, yes. I want to be able to swing about the city with somebody. With somebody. <laughs> That's the end of my point, in really. Nashville. I think it is perfectly fine because Miles uh, is in it as well as Peter Parker. Mm -hmm. So it's just the timing is right, much like Lincoln's Elder to together. Can yeah. I tell what? you why this isn't going to be possible? Because it actually links it with one of my predictions. Because I've got a prediction about the story for um, Spider-Man 2. Yep. And I think we will definitely get sections where we swap between yeah. Miles and we swap between Peter and we can play as either in the open world. However, my prediction, James Dowse, is that at one point in the story, probably halfway through, Peter Parker is going to become consumed by the Venom symbiote, symbiote yeah. and at least for a few hours become an enemy and become yeah. a villain because I don't think you do that story without giving Peter the suit and you can't give Peter the suit unless it affects him. And I think, spoilers for the end of Spider-Man 1, now that he's dealing with the death of Aunt May and mm. the decision he had to make, he's in an emotionally vulnerable state where that symbiote can't influence him. And I do think there's a section, I don't think he's necessarily the end boss, but I do think there's a section where he is the villain and you're chasing him down as Miles. And it's Miles's first, yeah. well, a second after, you know, uh, his own game, mm -hmm. but yes. it's one of his first big tests. It's, it's him grappling with a decision like the Aunt May one to tackle this mentor in the yeah. same way okay. and I think it'll mirror the yeah. way that Peter went after Otto in the first one you know right, so yeah, you right. love going mad becoming consumed yeah. and becoming a villain and Miles has to deal with that here do you know what I think they should do because I I don't want evil Peter like in any form I wonder if they let the symbiote infect Miles <laughs> 
And then you have a whole thing where all of Peter's teachings are used against him. And it's all of his, like, his approach to justice for New York, his approach to, like, how he monitors everybody and how he tries to keep the peace and, like, trying to maintain family relationships and everything else. And all of, like, those the worst parts of being Spider-Man are manifested within Miles, and he has to confront the version of Miles that he's made if he gave in to those worst, most, um, I don't know, animalistic predilections. I love that. Okay. That's just so, something different. We've, yeah, I don't think we've I've, ever seen a symbiote Miles before. I've got a million different things that I'm thinking about with this. Mm. Game. And that was another one of mine, Scott. I was Bosh. thinking, like, who would get the symbiote? Because, it, like, obviously Peter gets it in the comics. He gets it in all of, like, the most iconic versions of the story. Do but Insomniac has changed so much already. Mm. And they love putting fresh springs. And yeah. it's, yeah, maybe Miles gets it. Maybe him dealing from the loss that he and you was at, at the end of Miles Morales totally. as well. And obviously with his, with his father and everything else, his uncle or whatever, mm. you know, all of that weighing on his mind. He's another prime target for the symbiote, I think, as well. And this is an, an outrageous potential uh, <laughs> prediction. And I don't, I'm not standing by this, but yeah. I think it is a possibility that the end of Spider-Man 2 actually follows the death of Peter Parker and Spider-Man storyline in the Ultimate Comics, where Ooh. maybe either Miles, maybe it's Peter trying to save Miles from the symbiote, or whether it's, you know, Miles being forced to kill Peter because he's consumed by the symbiote. I wonder if... Peter Parker dies at the end. Maybe not a death for real. Maybe he comes back in future okay, games. Okay. Maybe he dies, and then the next game is just Marvel Spider-Man 3, mm. but it is just Miles. I would love that. What well, about when then Gwen, Gwen Stacy there comes we go. in? And then, then it's those two together. Mm, yeah, I feel like I, I kind of forgot about the very end of Miles Morales. I feel like they've um, they've done good weighty endings and good talking points at the end of both of those games. And I guess you do need some sort of something that grounds you and has just sort of says, hey, by the way, these are people going through this and this can happen kind of thing. Um, yeah, I hope they do something that's kind of ballsy in their own. That's why I don't want the evil Peter thing again, because I feel like it's been done to death. And I feel like a lot of people's association with that idea is the Spider-Man 3 gif. <laughs> and it's just a lot of him boogieing down the street, and I don't think you can do that. What was the video game of Spider-Man where, I think Wolverine's in it as well, where you turn into Symbiote? Web of Shadows. Yeah, Web of Shadows. Shadows. Oh, I love Web of Shadows so yeah. much. So I watched a scene from that this morning where like Wolverine's on the floor, and then he like, sassily walks just, away. Yeah. <laughs> that <was> awesome. That's <laughs> I love, what I see. I love that game because you can um, switch the Symbiote suit on and off with a click of the stick. Yes. It changes your combat moves and, and how you sort of um, how fast you can tr- um, yeah. swing around. Um, yeah, I'm, that, that game they've not shown that much of. Like Even the Venom yeah. side of it, we know he's voiced by Tony Todd, yeah, uh, the Candyman, but we haven't seen anything of, of the gameplay and stuff. But they need to get on that, assumedly yeah. some sort of PlayStation showcase. Or if something. that is this year's game, yeah, exactly. Like they, yeah, I don't know what else they've got that's spearheading PS5 this year. Factions. If it's not that, yeah, maybe if I, even that's not fully confirmed yet. This that's is true. That's true. This, mm. I was, you know, toying with this as well. Like, does it get delayed? Like, I don't mm. know. I yeah. thought God of War might last year, and that didn't. But so. Insomniac are very good. Insomniac are. are very very good. Yeah, they are. Ten out of ten. Five star. It's, it's a Perfect. PS5 exclusive as well. And we've had so few of those from first-party studios in the AAA space. Like, that's exciting. But does it also mean they have to delay it? I don't know. Maybe. I wonder if we'll be able to tell that it started development on a PS4 or whether if it did or not. I, I wonder. I don't know how early PS5 dev kits were in the world. When was Spider-Man 1? 2018. Yeah. So they didn't yeah. known full well about PS5 at that yeah, point. Assumedly. So, yeah, assumedly. I mean, that's a lot of pre-planning. I mean, you know Spidey's going to sell well, but yeah. like starting the sequel before, like just as one. Well, Miles Morales was the one which was both PS4 and 5. They yes. can't have it on PS4. No, no I hope I, I hope not for the this sake of just... PS5. Yeah, it's building something that shows off what it can do. Just yeah. conjecture, but I mean, yeah, like if, if Spider-Man came out in 2018 as it did, they also made the DLC. You're looking at maybe starting the sequel in 2019. That's only a year mm. before the console yeah. came out. This could have been built from the ground up for PS5. It, I hope, hope so. Here's a question though. What makes it built for PS5? Like the city is already there on the PS4 version. What can you do on PS5? You can't make the city bigger. Do interiors. Unless- 
and it's all no yeah. non-loading. The subway, no loading. Like you have yeah, okay. fights and random crimes that go in and out of interiors and through windows okay. and everything else. That you know what, James? A great bit in Miles Morales where um, you're flipping through yeah. all the stuff and you go yeah. through the glass and everything. I had a great bit. You did little bits of this in Miles Morales where I was fighting some dudes and um, they went like, I think it's one of the story missions so it takes you through a bit of glass anyway but I had the ray tracing on back when I cared about ray tracing and it was like the dude like went smashing through the window and that whole side of the wall just shattered and then we were inside fighting inside. I was like, this yeah. is a snapshot of how a future Spider-Man game could be. Yeah. But it wasn't that. fully there yet. No, not at all. No. And this no. one will be. Yeah, that's that's the hope, isn't it? We need to see it first, yeah. admittedly. Yeah, I want to see some gameplay ideas. I like yeah. the thing when you're swinging through the city and you go near like a big water tower and you hit both the triggers and you go through the middle of it. You do yeah. it with some of the billboards as well. Yeah. Um, that idea of almost contextual prompts to do to do a Spidey in a cool way, do some sort of cool animation that maybe gets you through a window and inside and whatever. Um, I would go down the interiors route, unless they flesh out the... The leak was that they would flesh out Queens and stuff. Yes. They would flesh out yes. the other boroughs and everything yeah. next to New York. Um, my next thing down um, is that Starfield will be underwhelming, oh. but it won't matter because it'll still lead to a ton of Game Pass sales, yeah. and it, it literally just will not matter. It'll be a huge blow to the Xbox brand. There'll be a whole bunch of opinion pieces done about how it's a massive disappointment, even though at this stage we're all kind of expecting it to not... Yeah, that's not a rumor. That's that just true. It kind of, <laughs> it kind of just is. Um, but I feel like... Like if uh, those conversations will happen about comparing first-party stuff and if we're going to end up comparing animation and fidelity and rendering and performance and feel and everything else of Starfield to a God of War, a Horizon, a Spider-Man 2, there's no way that it's going to be anywhere near that. This, Not on that game engine. Uh, there's, there's, I, it's funny, right? Because I agree with you, mm. but I also don't. Please I agree don't. that on, like, in terms of, you know, animations, in terms of fidelity, in terms of feel and stuff, nah, it's not going to be a Horizon. <laughs> it's not going to be a God of War. But I would say that even in 2011, Skyrim wasn't compared to its other contemporaries and other big games at the time. Like, that thing was still clunky in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah, and it was I feel still like innovative. So well that it was elevated above. It was like, look at the, the scope and the scale of this thing. Nothing had ever been that big before. That is, yeah, that's true. That is true. But at the same time, maybe it's not so true. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We, I, maybe, I don't know. It certainly was in terms of, you know, open world RPGs. But, yeah. you know, we, we, we still had like big games before then, even if they were just like other big Bethesda games or Rockstar games, you know, still big open worlds, not as quite as interactive. But mm. I would still argue now that there's very little as interactive as a Bethesda game still. We've got CDPR. That's true. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of, you know, forgetting the complexity of RPG systems or choices in terms of pure interactivity. Mm. Where can you go? What, who are you talking to? How many NPCs? How many lines of dialogue? Like, in terms of your impact on the world? Like, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm looking at rose-tinted glasses. I do think well, there's only CDPR that comes close to that right now. All totally. Rockstar. I feel like the Bethesda's, like, secret weapon is when you don't know how big the play space is. Like, I still feel right now that I haven't seen everything in Skyrim. I feel like it's a world I can go yeah. into, and I couldn't tell you every inch of it. Um, that was That's always the best part about looking forward to, like, um, Fallout 4 or whatever. It was like, how big is this going to be? How many things can I do in it? And I feel like when they showed that Starfield gameplay, and they showed the star map that they came up with, and it was just like the No Man's Sky one for a second it was like oh, okay you've you've quantified it yeah. you've grounded it, and like, it all over now we know what it is yeah. again um, and that makes it not as exciting and it's like it's going to play like this and the conversation with the NPCs are going to zoom to the face and it's going to be this and it, in a way it was like oh it is the same again and like I hope that it's not I hope that they have something they can show off some clockwork mechanism some gameplay mechanic whatever some idea of consequence across the galaxy or something that we've never seen before yeah. um, but at the minute I don't feel like they have that and even this morning there was a, a rumor of an Xbox showcase coming together that Starfield won't make um, which is another sort of indication that maybe it's not coming together as smoothly as they need it to be, because this is by far the most smooth, necessary game in Bethesda's history. Barely a sentence, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, it's about they need to get it something needs to be right. right. Yeah. yeah. 
especially like to a ludicrous after, degree. Especially after like, because we didn't like Deathloop much. No, that game you sucks. You loved it, whatever. You loved it. So like for me, Bethesda haven't had a, in my opinion anyway, Bethesda haven't had a win in a long time. No, Deathloop was arcane. They published it. But it was still Bethesda. Still totally associated yeah, same with them, with, yeah. Um, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Yeah, that yeah. just flew under my radar. Did and Dishonored too. Like they just yeah, they, exactly. all the marketing sucked. Like Doom Eternal in terms of their publishing wing. Yeah, but yeah. So like they deserve a win, mm -hmm. but I don't know if they're going right with Starfield. Mm. I don't. I'm not sure. I'm scared. But I'm, the other side of it, where like I still think everyone will still try it because they have Game Pass. They'll still yeah. spend five pounds, six pounds, ten pounds. The different tiers of Game Pass, or they get a free subscription with a shopping voucher, so they can try it. That's still those residual numbers stay. So it almost doesn't matter if it fails. Yeah, that's to, a to good some point. Of the it kind of needs a clip to go viral on Twitter for people to subscribe to Game Pass to try mm. it. Like with High on Life. Yeah, I think that like I love that game. Oh, I could go on a tangent about Game Pass in, on its own, <laughs> but I don't know if people would subscribe to the service for long with this game. They'll try it and delete it again. I don't know. It Possibly. needs to be good. It needs to be good. It, just, it needs to sustain. Yeah. It needs yeah. to. But if you're, if you're, if they're using Starfield as a, as a really wide net to just bring people in, then the amount of value they immediately see, if they do right by the UI and the dashboard on the Xbox dashboard, when you log in, the amount of games that they would realize they then have access to in yeah. theory would keep a lot of people like that's yeah. how they've done so far. Cause they haven't had any first party stuff and yet they've got this big. Yeah. I think if, as long as it's an eight out of 10, it's a smooth, <laughs> launch i think it'll do incredibly well mm. it, it could yeah. be a trash fire i hope it's not <laughs> but i i do agree with what you were saying that it, it just it truly can't be and you know we mentioned on the podcast either yesterday monday, or, monday or last week where we were talking about like you know i i hope it's not and i'm predicting that it won't be but if it is <laughs> bethesda are dusted they're yeah. finished like there's no coming back from that after after the past few releases i just again believe in redemption stories eventually but i they, i don't think they reclaim their crown as the top rpg makers or one no. of the biggest names in the industry if this is a disappointment. But then Elder Scrolls 6 will come out and then everyone will forget. Ah, that's true, James. <laughs> yeah. But that'll be, that'll, that'll, that'll be nine years' time, you know, yeah. so that's going to be a long time before that game comes out. It's uh, a, I feel like their crown fell off uh, when Fallout 76 landed, and even then it was teetering after Fallout 4. So I feel like, yeah, they need to make up some ground. Or they just kind of massage the message somehow to say we were never this big AAA publisher thing. Yeah. The Bethesda charm is the garage charm. It's the garage band. They threw some ideas together. Look what crazy mechanisms we came up with. The, yep. the AI, the clockwork world and everything. Um, and that's who we are. And, and don't worry about it. And like, you can try and get people on board with that. Like there are some diehard Bethesda fans yeah. um, who grew up with them because of that mentality. Um, and a lot of the biggest mistakes they make is comparing them to like a, a level of like quality, which is what I'm doing. But that's because it's like they're the next big Xbox game thing. Yeah. Um, Josh, your next prediction. My next prediction, prediction. is I've got a few small ones, but Do I'm going to say uh, we can't have a predictions podcast or indeed a looking to the future podcast without mentioning Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> and I think that Grand Theft Auto 6 first trailer will drop on the 10th anniversary of Grand Theft Auto 5, Very which nice. is later on this year. September. September. I think we'll get a blog post that says, you know, congratulations, 10 years of GTA 5. <laughs> Here's what we're... Um, He's what we've been working on. He's the first trailer. Mm. And I think they'll pencil it in for 2024, fall 2024, but it won't hit that at all. It'll be yeah, 2025 <laughs> before we actually play it. But I think, you know, they'll save it. All year we'll be asking, when's GDA 6 coming? When's mm. GDA 6 coming? And I think we'll hit that 10-year anniversary and they'll be like, here it is. Here's yeah. all the information. Yeah. Yeah. That is a really good uh, point in time like because there was a whole thing that Charles Elnick said about like they didn't realize GTA Online was going to be as popular as it was. And it was like, well, when, when do you choose to cut this off? Like it is just going to keep making money. 
Um, I wonder how much of an impact the leaks had, like GTA 6's leaks had on the average person just sort of saying like, okay, so the sequel is coming. Why am I, I'm not, I'm not going to buy it then. Like I might as well wait. I went to a pub quiz and one it, of the que- it was good. Yeah. Okay. And one of the questions was what games just leaked and everybody in that pub knew. Right. Right. Okay. So if anything, that has That's worked. very interesting. That's worked wonders for its marketing. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, definitely for GTA 6. I yeah. wonder if it, it stopped. Because it was always that weird thing where GTA 5 was always in the best-selling charts every week. Yeah, for like, it still is, I'm fairly it, Yeah, it still is at the minute. And I'm just like, who didn't have that? But then if you're, like, does, is your um, attitude towards it changed because you know the sequel's now coming? Whereas before, it was like this mythical sequel that, you know, five's still doing really well. I might as well snap up a copy and, and keep going. Yeah. But now it's like, well, it's on the horizon, so... I guess we'll see. I've not got. I've not had a GTA Five since the Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty version. So right. I've never played the Four version. I never played the PS Five version. Um, God, it was that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> you realize how long it's exactly. been there since Ten it came out. Years. That's a long time. But uh, the other day for uh, January sales, it was on offer for yep. like eight pounds, and I was like. I could just do this, but then I would fall into that. I would be <laughs> the person who you're complaining about just there, being like, who's buying this still? No, no, sorry. And no, it was no, me no. almost just then. Yeah, it's not necessarily a complaint. It's more just but, fascinating. Yeah. But it's yeah. if you're the one managing that, it's like, when do you choose to, yeah. to do the cutoff? But it's so cheap, and so is Red Dead 2, to be fair. That was only 15 yeah. quid. And Red Dead Online didn't like didn't, didn't take off at all, but at the same way. Um, but yeah, GTA is a hell of a shout. I feel we'll definitely get some sort yeah. of update on that. They kind of need to, to some degree. I think they do, you know. They, they they didn't need it before because, like you were saying, you know, GTA Online was doing so well, the game itself was still selling well, and they had Red Dead 2. Mm. But now it's been, by the end of this year, five years since Red Dead Redemption 2, yeah, I think, unless my maths are wrong. Oh, it my God. It's yeah. crazy, right? Jeez. So that was the last time Rockstar put out a game, and I think that's actually the <laughs> nah, kicker. Nah, 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 you're forgetting about the trilogy. Uh, <laughs> that's the last time Rockstar developed a game. Yes, yeah, so they, they walked out. into oh, a room, man. it was on yes. fire, and they said, ship it. Just, <laughs> just let people pay money for the thing. Um, yeah, I think I've, I've given up hope on Rockstar at this stage. I'll just, when they've got something, I'm sure I'll look at it. But uh, Rockstar and Naughty Dog were two huge studios yeah. when we were growing up that had something nearly every year or every other year. Um, and they their release calendars are just so relaxed at this point, especially in Rockstar's case, um, where I'll just... Just believe it when I see it. All the key staff have left Rockstar that I used to care about. So I'm just like, yeah. I want to. I'm more curious what uh, Dan Hauser's next thing is, um, or uh, what Leslie Benzie's next project is, or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I still think we'll get an update. And the 10th anniversary is a really good marker in time because it's it's been 10 years, ten years. since GTA 5. Um, James, Dallas, your last prediction was a Mario Odyssey 2 in oh, 2023. Sh- absolutely. <laughs> right. it, we've t- so the year of Mario. It's the year of everything, but it's the year of Mario. <laughs> Did you know 10 years ago it was the year of Luigi? Good Lord. Yeah. How we were still <laughs> surviving in the year of Luigi. The decade of Luigi. But no, I, we've talked about it a million times before how this should be Switch's re, uh, redo of 2017. Mm. It should be. So I want Breath of the Wild, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, mm-hmm. and I want the year to finish with Mario Odyssey 2. Do you think they sequelize Odyssey and they don't do Mario? I reckon it'd be like Galaxy 2, where it was Ooh. just the exact same engine, just way more. Uh, yeah, kingdoms. way more biomes and plants. And also co op. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, in the Mario movie trailer, which Josh Brown, have you seen yet? Hell no. I didn't oh, think so. In, <laughs> in that trailer, um, they don't mention Rosalina by name, but they say there are lots of galaxies out there, right. lots of other kingdoms or something out there. Do you think... Gal- Go on, sorry. I, I think the Mario movie it. trailer ends with the reveal of Rosalina. Like... Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Of, of course. Like, well, where else are you going to go? You've got, you've done everything else. But I think you reveal that. But my point is that that introduces or reminds a mainstream audience that of Rosalina and the Loomis and the wider universe. Hence, you could then do Galaxy a next three Mario. Well, you do. Oh, you do. Oh, Galaxy three. 
Yeah. They could tell you to do a Galaxy 3. Nintendo have already forgotten about Nint uh, Galaxy 2. <laughs> <laughs> that exists. Maybe they do another Mario collection or something. They need to do yeah. something to line up with the movie. It's out in two months. Yeah. Like, they're just not even... It's just like, yeah, it's over there. It's, it's there. Do you want it? It's like Mario Kart DLC. Yeah? <laughs> Which no one plays anymore. Whoa. You do one, one track for each I one. I play you... it when it comes out and uh -huh. I touch it again. Yeah, it's a good afternoon. <laughs> My it's question, 20 minutes. James Dowes, oh, is um, I would love to see... Odyssey 2, even though I wasn't, you know, in love with Odyssey, I Ooh. had a very good time with it, <laughs> not to just break your heart right That's there. wounding the man. But my question is, you know, we've got Tears of the Kingdom this year, which yeah. is probably getting delayed, by the way, uh, until the end of the year. Mm, it's been rated, has it? Uh, I don't know. I, I thought don't it had. Well, even if it has, Cyberpunk went gold and got delayed. <laughs> so strange things have happened. Uh, yeah, anyway, true. even if it doesn't get delayed, yeah. you know, Tears of the Kingdom is going to dominate this yeah. year. Um, and there are rumors that there is going to be- has been rated in the USA. I apologize, Karen. There we go. And there's going to be rumors yes. that Switch 2 or the next hardware from Correct. Nintendo might be coming next year. Would they not want Ooh. a Mario game to launch alongside it or at least near it? And if you don't have a new Mario and you have Zelda this year, so you don't have a new Zelda, mm. how do you launch a new bit of Switch hardware without a mainline title like that Splatoon 4? I don't think it would cut the mustard. <laughs> no, I Get think, Kirby in again. <laughs> I think Mario is not a a game that you buy new hardware for. It's not something that shows off the system compared to Metroid Prime 4 Very well will said. be. So okay. I think Metroid Prime 4 will be Switch 2's launch title. There's also the fact that there is a Mario every year. Like there was two of them last year. Not main 3D platform. Oh, like tennis and yeah, 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 Mario yeah, Strikers yeah. was last year. Yes, of course. Yeah. Actually, I think last year was the, the first year in 30-odd years there wasn't more than one. So it was just football, It was just yeah. Strikers, I think, unless I'm blanking on something. But, Mario um, Party Superstars. Maybe that. I guess like, it's a new game. I don't know. I, I guess it was like a compilation I have no thing. No idea. Either way, they do a ton, a ton of Mario stuff, and there's nearly yep. always something Mario based every year. Yep. Um, so that's a really good point. I never really thought of it that way. <laughs> that like we didn't know on bought Odyssey to show off the Switch. That was what Breath of the Wild did. He's yeah. the thing, right? Mm. I did, but it's because <laughs> I'm not a Nintendo's man. You know what I mean? You know, like yeah. I don't know what a Nintendo is. <laughs> what it can do. You know what I mean? So when, Atari, I, when I was getting the Switch, I was literally looking at, ooh, new mainline Mario. Ooh, yeah. new mainline Zelda. Right. And I perhaps foolishly bought the Switch to play both of those games. Okay, okay. So as a casual fan, if I was buying the next bit of hardware, mm. if I saw something like another Mario Party, Mario Strikers 2, whatever the hell, mm. spin-off game yeah. starring Mario, I wouldn't be buying it for that. I wouldn't even want to play it. But if there was a brand new mainline Mario, mm. again, as a very casual right. fan, it would indicate to me that that's a big game that mm. I probably need to play it. That's the weirdest thing, though. Did they just do the the Mario movie in March for the first time ever or whatever, the very beginning of April, whatever it is, and then um, just has no game tie-in whatsoever, then well, a year later. It was Sonic doing that, though, weren't we? And then they brought yeah. out Origins. Origins and then Frontiers. Yeah, exactly. Last year was the year of Sonic, my friend. So this has to be the year of Mario. Alex, and Sonic Prime. But you can't have a year of Mario and also release Zelda. But mm. they did it in 2017. <laughs> I guess at some point, it's just Nintendo. Just, yeah, it's just... I wouldn't yeah. miss, because the, the, the latest leak thing was that there was um, best laid plans or whatever for a Nintendo system that had been pushed into 2024. The idea that they weren't going to do some sort of Switch Pro was going to be whatever the next actual full system is. Yeah. Maybe that's just not the case, and they'll, they will release something this year you, and tie it in with Mario. You guys know this way more than me. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, Zelda, the... Breath of the Wild sequel, Tears of the Kingdom. That was announced years ago. You know, we got like a <laughs> teaser and then we got nothing. Like how far in advance do they usually announce new mainline Mario the, games? Oh, Mario? Yeah. The year before. I was just saying Mario's usually like honest because it's usually like, hey, by the way, new Mario, there it is. The okay. first time we saw Switch's Mario was that October 2016 presentation. 
Right. That was the first time we ever sold that Mario, and then it was a year later. So that yeah. was the longest time I think Mario's been shown off before release. Mm. That's exciting. So this could happen because again, so as a could, casual, it could. Yeah, I was thinking about the idea of this coming this year, and I just thought like. Judging on the way that they've rolled Zelda, I thought, is it is it too limited? But no, maybe could, not. Maybe it not. could be announced as E3 kind of thing and then come out the same year. It's a weird ah. thing as well, because looking at the release calendar, like it empties out in the middle. There's like a, there's a big sort of lull around about the June, July, August bit. I mean, that might get filled in. You've still got E3. They could say there's yeah. like things releasing now or whatever. But 2017, it worked in the Switch's favor because that was one of the worst years for gaming in regards to the abundance of microtransactions. Like all the likes of uh, For Honor and Battlefront 2 and like yeah. all these different things that were very anti-consumer and then Nintendo just sort of slid in there with Breath of the Everything. Wild and just said, remember an actual video game that you just yeah. play and it's fun. So got and they did Kart, really well. Odyssey, like Splatoon 2, I think. Yeah, and it just year. flew. And it's like, it feels like that timing. Obviously, they couldn't have predicted yeah. the general sort of favor at the time, all the investigations into microtransactions and stuff. But I wonder, like, is this the even the year for them when everything else is at such a high? It's like, maybe you need to wait until there's a lull again. Or either that's later or in the middle of this year, or it is just next year when you've mm. got this year out the way. Because there's so much third party and first party stuff this year. Um, the Starfields and the Spider-Man 2s and everything else. But I don't know. That is interesting. But I guess that's for them to but figure you, out. Like you mentioned there, would you not hold that Mario back until next year? Because Nintendo like to make their games, f like finish them and then just hold on to them for the a Metroid long Prime time. trilogy exactly, remake yeah. thing's been sitting there for like five years. Now. I reckon right. Mario was done this year, uh, <laughs> last year, sorry, and they just they just sat on just it. Sat there. They just sat waiting it to Maybe. make it perfect, like they always mm, do. Yeah, this is the thing. Like I, I would hold it back for new hardware, so you have yeah. something yeah. rather than try to cram in another mainline uh, thing for that launch. But like I don't know, Nintendo's Nintendo, and they'll do whatever the hell they want. You know, like, they'll. <laughs> throw out whatever this year just to make some money and then be like, okay, we've got uh, checks notes. I, nothing, <laughs> nothing for the launch of the Switch 2. You're going to remake Kirby from Game Boy. Yeah, go on. <laughs> we did that last year, mate. But you'll buy it anyway because it's a Switch 2 and the Switch, everyone loves it. So yeah. With Nintendo, as a, a final thing, as a, I guess it could be a prediction, do they do a new IP? Do they put a new thing out? Do they do something that they haven't done? I completely forgot Pikmin, Pikmin Falls this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. IP-wise, Splatoon was their newest IP. Mm -hmm. Which was 2014 or 2012 for the original? 14, cause, yes, because it came out on the Wii U, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm just thinking, when was the last time Nintendo birthed an IP? Yes, yeah, so it was Splatoon. Yeah, so it's been almost 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm just like, <laughs> they need to do another hardware thing, and the Switch was then rediscovering a love of video games and everything. But do they need any more IPs? They have the classic Magic Kingdom of IPs, <sighs> That's they? the thing, they don't need them, and they, obviously that the, the old stuff keeps going, but I'm just like, in this, in, just in the gaming industry, and the amount of different franchises and IPs that are doing the rounds, and the, the, the more things that get franchised, does that have an inverse effect on Nintendo going like, well, we've been doing a lot of this for a long time. We should be the ones flying uh, the torch for a new character. Yeah, but also like Metroid didn't sell well before Dread just came out. And no. This is the best selling Metroid. So Are they you saying they we need to bring back Balloon Fight? Sure. I'll play Balloon Fight. Ridiculous. Yeah. That They've got so many IPs, they that can just bring them back and they will be the highest selling because they are on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I guess that's their ultimate fallback is its brand power. Like, you don't even yeah, need yeah. anything. This the Switch it. barely had anything apart from the initial few. Like I say, I'm coming at this entirely from a casual perspective mm. who has no <clears throat> real relationship to these franchises. But, like, you know, for as good as I'm sure Splatoon is, I don't, I, okay. I'm not <laughs> buying Splatoon, right? I'm, 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 if I'm getting a Nintendo, and this is such a, this is a bad mentality. This is a narrow viewpoint. But uh -huh. when I get a Nintendo thing, I'm getting it for the established Nintendo stuff. And that's yeah. like, and that's, that's. Are you discarding Splatoon? Yeah, I am. You buy man, the I IPs am. that your mum would know. I buy the yeah. IPs that my mum would know. <laughs> yeah. I buy the IPs that everyone has been telling me yeah. about as an outsider 
for decades now. You know what shaking I mean? Shaking my and, head and at you, Josh Brown. I'm shaking my head at myself because it's <laughs> such a it's a toxic way to, to 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 view the machine, and I'm missing out on so many good games. Yeah. But I only have so much time in the day, and I dedicate so much of that to other things, mm. in, especially in the gaming space. That you know, as a as someone who hasn't grown up with it, again, I'm not saying this is the way to be. I'm not advocating for this, but I I I go to Nintendo for the established Nintendo stuff, and mm. that's that's a shame. I think. I think you could grow up with a new IP. It's funny when you go through like my Switch library, for example, it's just all Mario. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing at Mario and Zelda and that's it. There's a weird, there is like a weird, um, it's not like a prize. When you you look at your Nintendo library and you you have all the main roster, like you have the main character, you have a Yoshi, you have a Kirby, you have a Mario. It does feel good to have the the family. It does feel good to have the entire roster. It is the magic kingdom of Nintendo. Yeah, and it's like this whole thing is playable and they cross over in Smash Brothers and then they dovetail off and you go and do Yoshi's Woolly World. Smash Brothers is the hub. Yeah, and then all these characters are playable on it. They've got us, haven't they? Just, we're, we're never getting out of this. No, this is us for the rest of the, our lives. Um, but yes, this has been a prediction list for 2023. Um, forget what I usually say at the end of the main podcast, which is also what I've begun to say at the end of most of these podcasts. That has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tailford, joined by James Douse. Oh, peace and love. And Josh Brown. Always a pleasure. But by the way... Sorry to end on bad news. We're oh, not no. hearing about Fable or Perfect Dark this year. So, oh, yeah. Uh, sorry yeah. about that. Nothing I thought you had that written down. Oh, no, it's just, I just wanted to throw that in. Nothing <laughs> else to elaborate on. They're just dead. They're just not coming out this Falls year. Falls and Motorsports coming out this year. <sighs> Can't let me hold me back. Yeah, That's, uh, life doesn't get more exciting than that. Goodbye. Well, thanks, Goodbye. everybody. See ya. <laughs>